again sorry guys we'll start again and welcome into another episode of farm to fame i am kelsey wingert that is peter moylan that is matty mass world series baby world series edition i today am holding a broken ozzy albies bat in honor of the world series i love that I am holding a Mike Moustakis bat in honor of the fact that I had a lot of conversations yesterday that this Braves team reminds them of the World Series champion Royals team in 2015, which really had no business being in the playoffs and winning, and they did because they're a bunch of good playing, good hard playing, good hard working folk. That's what this Braves team is. Yeah. And you know what? I was thinking about this last night. The only reason I'm not going to say number one is because I know that there are people out there who would say like, oh, well, you don't know everything. But I think the Braves country, the Braves fan base is top three in all of baseball. Like these people are so loyal and they're going absolutely berserk. There was 130,000 people at the Battery and Ballpark last night. I think I met every one of them. Braves country is so far reaching and they're so loyal and they are so freaking hype right now. And like, I think that it's, and obviously my opinion is biased because that's, I've watched 500 games uh, with Braves fans, but they have to be top three in all of baseball and, and loyalty showing up environment in truest park and the battery. Yeah. It was, it was insane. I took a photo from the conference room, looking down at the battery at three 15 mm, in the afternoon and it was packed. Um, walking and driving to the stadium at two in the afternoon was packed. It was just, everybody wanted to get there and be part of that last night. It all felt like it was supposed to happen last night. Yeah, it really did. And when you break it down, when you take the emotions out of it and you break it down, it's honestly the way this, this series was supposed to go. We weren't supposed to win all three games at home with two bullpen games. Like, let's be honest. That's why we had two bullpen games. So we could save Max and Ian Anderson as insurance policies for game six and seven. They're running on fumes. They haven't got any pitching left. They're starting guys on short rest and they're having to rely on guys that are already tired. We have a fully rested starting rotation Mm -hmm. and a fully rested bullpen ready to go. So it's lined up perfectly for the Braves to still take this. And the predictions have always been Braves in six. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, yeah, as I said, Braves, Fans are obviously disappointed it didn't happen yesterday, but I still think it's going to happen. Yeah, and the, the whole thing is, is just the order of which the wins happened. Anybody mm-hmm. would have taken two wins at home, but if it yeah. if it would have happened where the loss happened in the first game or the middle game, if you were going to Houston on a win, Atlanta yes. would still be riding this high of like, oh, we got this. It's just the yeah. fact that it happened to be the last game. But winning two at home... Exactly. I said last night, it wasn't like there was a massive momentum swing last night. It wasn't like all of a sudden everyone's like, oh man, they really found it. No, there was a good baseball team that was able to take some good swings against guys that they hadn't seen before. Tucker Davidson hadn't really pissed in the big leagues in, in a long time. Um, so it's, you know, we got Kyle, we got four and a third, four and two thirds out of Kyle Wright in a win. Yeah. 
Kyle Wright was out of everybody's mind for yeah. the longest time this season. And he stepped up in such a massive way. And we're getting, we're getting efforts and performances by people that it's unexpected. And that's the reason why I think we still have a massive, massive chance of winning this World Series. Well, you know what I heard about Kyle Wright? I heard that he was drinking out of a dugout mug before the game. No way. Yeah. That makes perfect sense now. And I, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like, we know that he's a good pitcher, but like when you drink out of a mug before the game and you're a pitcher, it gives you like this, this superpower of a well-rounded Viking player. strength. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you want to have that Viking strength, Dugout Mugs is giving away free products all playoffs long. All you have to do is film yourself drinking from any dugout mugs. Pro- I'm not going to do that. Um, over your court. Yeah, that would be over the keyboard. Any dugout mugs product. You could have the mug. You can have the shot glass. Post it. Tag them on social media. You'll be entered to win. If you don't have anything from dugout mugs, they're giving you a great discount to buy something now. Um, so you can get something to enter for the giveaway as well. So they're letting you get a knob shot for free. If you go to dugoutmugs.com slash fame, I guess there is also a great discount on there. Um, and they just have a ton of really cool stuff. We told you about before we've talked about it before we've showed you the stuff before mm-hmm. these things are so, so stinking cool. And they've been writing with John boy, all playoffs. They support that company so well. And you guys support that company so well too. So, you know, let's just make it a, three best friend group family yeah three best friends because right now peter and i are in a relationship with john boy media we're in a relationship with you guys and we're in a relationship with dugout mugs and we want all of us to just combine into one big friend group some might say menage uh so dugoutmugs.com slash fame for the 30 percent off site-wide and your free knob shot Mm. Then you can be like Kyle Wright, Viking. The right stuff. But yeah, so I think my take on it, I did have this like overwhelming feeling that the Braves were going to sweep at home. Like that, I just, the environment out there and the Braves are just like playing out of the world right now. Like, mm. the, I mean, it's so many different guys that are contributing and it's just like so many random people, but it's every single person in that lineup has had a night in this postseason, you know? It's pretty, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's just like, it's not, it's somebody, somebody different every single night. It's just been insane. And you said it before, I think it was you, but it just, something's different this year. Yeah. There's only one way to, to prove that it is that fact, and that is to, to win tomorrow. And mm-hmm. that's going to relieve, alleviate so much Atlanta pressure and Atlanta stereotyping when they win tomorrow night. It's it's going to be that's it. The narrative's done. So when this airs, there's a chance that you'll either be listening to this before game seven or the Braves would have won in six if Correct. we've confused you in our timeline at all. Um yeah. <laughs> way to clarify. I'm speaking very confidently as if we've already won the World Series. So yeah. Yay to us. Do you feel like I've seen a lot of people saying that they would rather see Ian Anderson going in this game just to like end it just because he's pitched so well. And Max Freed has been rough. Here's my theory on that. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you've watched Max over the course of the last few games, which I've had the pleasure of doing, he's been off with his timing. He's been off with his mechanics and he's been off 
with his location just a fraction and that's just enough to have him be not quite the max Fried we're used to seeing yeah then we fast forward to or the innings that he threw in the last game innings three four five i think it was and he went one two three one two three one two three and he figured something else out it was more two seamers it was more change-ups it was more cutters and it was wasn't so much the fastball curveball slider combo on the inside corner which is their strength also so I think he figured something out. I think he's going to be a little bit different. And I think they're going to be, have a different approach uh, or an attack mode against those hitters. And I think it's going to keep them uh, off balance. And I think he's going to probably throw five or six shutty. Yeah. And, you know, any any struggles that I saw against the Dodgers? Because didn't he have two starts versus the Dodgers and one was good and one was bad? Yeah. Some, yep. Yeah. Like when I think about the postseason as a whole for Max Freed, I mean – He's pitched in LA or faced them in the postseason multiple times in his career now. And there's already always so many storylines around it because he's home. And I do feel like he gets extra amped up for those games. He left 60, 60 tickets last time he pitched there. Yeah. I mean, I, I really feel like he just puts so much pressure on himself versus the Dodgers that I don't even consider any results from the Dodgers starts. I think, I think he's due for a good start. I hope he never goes to the West. Yeah. I mean, he just, but I mean, I remember it the first time he pitched it. He came out of the bullpen, I think, in um, 19 in L.A. Maybe he started. But it was like, and the storylines around him being back home and the local media that was covering him. I mean, it was just like a really big deal. And he was leaving a ton of tickets, like you said. And, yeah. and he struggled. And I just think that like when he's there, it's so much pressure on him to be pitching in his backyard. But I just told my dad this the other day. I really think. And I mean, this is this comparison has obviously been made multiple times, but, you know, Max Fried could be a Greg Maddox like he could be like that kind of dominant. I mean, we've seen the complete game shutouts from him already in his career, and it's masterful. He's staying under 90 pitches in these things. And it's like Mm -hmm. he's poised. And I just think he's going to be a special pitcher for a really, really long time. I'm looking forward to having him have a full season of starts instead of having yeah. a stop start sort of last 2020 was a what, shit show this year. He got hurt at the start of the season, wasn't himself after being named opening day starter. So that would have been a bit of a disappointment for him. So yeah, I'm looking forward to a world series win this year, then a full off season and then spring training and then a full season of him next year. And I think you're right. He'll be, he'll be ace. You think about Anderson, Freed and Soroka. And Morton, because Morton's coming yeah. back too. Is he? Did, was that a two-year extension he signed? No, just one next year. But he'll be back for spring training. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm talking about like the young core. If you go back to the oh, big yeah. three from the '90s, yeah. and you think who who do you think is going to be the ace of that? Soroka, Freed, or Anderson? It'll it'll figure the it'll figure it out. Or do you think it'll be like the big three? Well, there was who was the opening day starter when it was the big three? Was it Maddox every year? I think it was Maddox. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know how that... I think you'd probably have to go right, left, right. I'd go Soroka, Freed, Anderson at this point. That was something I saw them talking about. I'm going back to the World Series now. Um, I heard them talking about on MLB Network. I think it was on MLB Tonight last night. And they, you know, Max Freed going tomorrow in game six. And they were like, the Astros have seen so many lefties. There's so many lefties coming out of that bullpen. Now they have a lefty starter and they are really thinking that the Astros were going to be able to benefit from seeing so many lefties from the Braves. Do you think that's like a thing? I think it is a thing. I watched it happen with Ozzy specifically when he 
uh, he was struggling right-handed. And then we went through a phase where I think we faced six or seven left-handed starters in a row. And he ended up getting a couple of knocks in the game too. And then he got more and more comfortable right-handed and he started to roll right-handed. So yeah, I do think that's a thing. But I also think that they haven't seen the best of Max Fried yet. So yeah. as much as they've seen a lot of him or they've seen enough of him, they haven't seen the good Max Fried yet. So if he's locked in and he's is his and his normal Maximus, then I think it's going to be a really good battle. I do think that the, the the issue is, and the guys were talking about this, is that his strength is their strength. And yeah. a lot of right-handed bats on their lineup like the ball in and he likes to go in. So that's the cat and mouse chess game that I'm sure more animals than just cats and mouses play chess, but that is the... You're talking about Freed? Freed and their hitters, like Bregman, yeah. Correa, Guriel. They all like that ball in. But Guriel can get to anything, by the way. Um, okay, what's going on with Jordan Alvarez? Are they just pitching him really well? Yes, Maddie. We are pitching around him. Zach Greinke, speaking of pitchers, <clears throat> has more hits in the World Series than Jordan. Maddie, that's the first time you've talked this episode. I didn't ask like how you were or anything. Yeah, could you tell? I needed to clear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us said how we were. <laughs> I'm good. It's like that first phone call in the morning when you haven't spoken yet. You're like... <laughs> excuse me hello yeah hi maddie hey how you doing it also didn't help because when we were talking before this i was eating so then i was yeah you've been really quiet today yeah yeah how was your food it was good okay good what'd you eat a little cinnamon raisin with cream cheese oh yeah bagel forgot about that so new york bro yeah maddie when you come down here there's a place i don't think you'll be up in ackworth have you been to arts bagels peter Oh my gosh. I'm not like, I don't always have bagels. I love bagels, but I don't like go out of my way to get them. Oh my gosh. They're so good at this place. It's like stupid. No free ads, but like for real, it's so good. So like, that's what we were saying in the ALCS, like stop pitching to Alvarez for the love of God. Like he's going to get the game if you keep pitching to him. And to be honest with you, I haven't been able to fully watch all of the games from like start to finish because we what we had stuff we oh football games and uh the halloween party on saturday we went to that yeah. i spoke to chipper <laughs> the halloween party was so fun i asked him i was like how are you doing right now because i know you don't want to be at this halloween party yeah and he was like i'm trying to have a good time but like I think it helped a lot that the Braves couldn't have won that night because if right. they would have won and he was at this Halloween party. I don't think he would have been to the, Hall- the Halloween party if I had a chance to clinch. Yeah, but it was insane. Like th- the decor that Taylor does, It, I mean, it's just like, it's like you're at a professional event. event. I mean, it's in, yeah. And the video, they had a, picture one of the things you see at like the espies that like spin around you oh wow casey was so good at it it kind of like freaked me out i was like why who are you like how why do you know how to do this so well it was a really cool big party look at how good he was at this oh wow that's cool wait watch him why is he so good at it (laughs) it's natural what are you doing I don't, I was panicking. I, I think I tried to follow the camera and Casey just waited for the camera to come to him and would lift his hands. And I was trying to find it anyway. So moral of the story is that I haven't been able to watch a ton of the games pitch to pitch up until last night. 
So have they just not been pitching to Alvarez? Did they listen to you or? I don't know if they listened to me, but I think they just watched the previous series and realized <laughs> that that was probably the idea that we should uh, maybe not give him much around the middle of the plate. Okay. So he's just getting nothing to hit. Uh, he's been getting a little bit to hit. Um, he's flown out to left field a couple of times that on balls that were a little maybe up and out of the zone, but he also ran into the fence um, the other night trying to make that catch on Soler's yeah. home run. Um, that was obviously game four. So I'm not sure we were just really careful and we'll continue to be what's going on with Bregman. I know that I know the 2017 guys had a huge night in game five last night, but he and Correa up until last night were dead silent. Correa was hitting like 143 or something. Then Dusty shuffled the lineup. Yeah, and dropped Alex to seven, and Alva, or who did he put up in third? Correa. He put Alex into three hole, and he put Bregman in the seven hole. Okay, Alex and Bred. Mm. He got Correa in the three hole, <laughs> and then Bregman in the seven hole. <laughs> I just no. associate Correa with A Rod for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I just feel like Correa is the new A Rod. So, yeah. I don't know. That was genius by Dusty, though. And I, this is yeah. what this is what I'm absolutely loving about this World Series too. Is it's the I'm seeing Snit evolve as a manager with the moves that he's making. Um, I'm seeing old school dudes embrace the new school techniques, but as well as using their gut and not relying yeah. solely on numbers. And look, even even lineup changes, even pinch hitting Grinky, like stuff like that, that you don't think about. Yeah. Dusty and old school people think and about. And Grinky looked good, man. Grinky looked good. Yeah. He'll probably be available out of the pen in the next couple of days, right? Or he might start game seven if it gets to it. They have to be all hands on deck. Like you can't leave, yeah. you can't leave one of your better cards in the pen. Like, or I'm sorry, what are they calling? Never mind. I'm not even going to get into that. So. Let's not. Um, Okay, so I feel like the odds have to favor the Braves in game six because Luis Garcia coming back on short Tourist. rest. I think he, I tweeted it out. I think he pitched like, I think he threw 72 pitches, but he pitched on Wednesday or Friday mm. and he'll be pitching on Tuesday. And Luis Garcia, as much as we love Luis Garcia, we've talked about him all year on this podcast. He's going to get votes for AL Rookie of the Year. He had a phenomenal regular season. He's been kind of a wild card in the postseason as well. Like he's True. had some clunkers and then he's had some incredible game. I mean, he had what eight shutty or eight, eight innings. One, he had some one ridiculous hit. start. The split that I'm looking at, Luis Garcia pitches significantly better at Minute Maid Park. He has a sub three ERA at Minute Maid Park, four, four point two four on a, on the road. Max Fried is the opposite. Max Fried has like a 6-3 ERA on the road. They both pitch better at home. And you're getting Luis Garcia and his better split at home. And you're getting Max Fried and his worst split on the road. But I just feel like Max Fried is due for like his moment, you know? Picturing him like walking off the mound, being brought off the mound in like the eighth inning and bringing in Tyler Matzik to strike out Alex Bregman to end the threat of a seven run game there you go wait a seven run game yeah we'll be up by seven runs at this stage oh okay okay i just want to correct myself i said eight shoddy for luis garcia i think i was seven. thinking of Framber. no he went five and two thirds i did think it was a lot 
longer than that. Although that's a very long start in the postseason. But yeah, versus Boston at home, he pitched five and two thirds, one hit, no runs. That was also after he had had that one inning or third of an inning clunker and given up. Yeah. And he was like 91. And then he came back after a week and it was 97, 98. I don't understand what that week involved, but. Yeah. Yeah. Everything did bump up. Oh, totally. Yeah. So the Braves should have. What do you think they could have done in game six to slam the door? Or do you think they're game five? Or do you think they did everything? Would you not have changed anything? The only, and I'm not call, I'm not saying I can, I can look at this now because it's hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. But the only decision that I think may have been a questionable one was Minter going back out for another inning. Last night? Last night. I think had it because he came in and got a big punch out to keep the like, to keep the game four to two. I think it was at that stage, and then they sent him back out, and that was he had to have an at bat too. So we had to go to Minter one inning too early. The fact that he had to take that at bat meant that mm-hmm. we had to kind of drain the pen a little early. Um, but once they realized that it was a three run deficit and they decided to rest Jackson, Matzik, and Smith, that was when they decided that okay, we're going to save our bullets. And yeah. I think that was the right decision too. Because the last thing, and I said the worst case scenario from last night would have been, we have the lead for most of the game and we deploy all our guns to try and win it. And somehow we lose. And then yeah. we're facing game six and seven with guys that have blown themselves to the, you know, to the rooftops yeah. trying to get, trying to get a win yesterday. And we've got the, obviously the, there was always going to be a day off today. So I liked, they had Jackson warming up when it was four to two. Oh, sorry. When it was uh, seven to five. And if we had to score two runs, we had a runner on and we had some big hitters coming up. We had, if we had a tied it, they had Jackson ready to go. So I loved the way it all went down. I just think the move to Minter was a bit, bit early, but I think, I don't know what would have happened if they hadn't gone to Minter at that stage. So that's the hindsight part. So I just, I hate that Minter had that outing last night because he's pitched so well this postseason and he and Luke Jackson get so much heat and it, and Luke Jackson I feel like this season we've talked about before he had a phenomenal season and, and people are starting to realize like okay like this is a weapon in our bullpen like we probably need right. to start like stop tweeting out Luke Jackson experience and all that stuff but like AJ Minter has hasn't really had his moment where he's like received love. He kind of has this stigma in Braves country that when he comes in, it's going to be a roller coaster. And he's done so well this postseason. He's had such a good postseason. He's had such a good postseason. And he's still going to continue to have a good postseason. One game doesn't define your postseason. I just hated seeing all of the tweets about him last night. I There was somebody. I don't even read them. Something, somebody said something about Dansby when he booted that booted the ball. And I was just like, he just went off the night before like it was a big play yeah oh i know but i just hate how quickly people forget how quickly people like just start smack talking players even when i don't know i get sad it's nature it's the way it is we sign up for it and we wear it i don't know how y'all do it i am too fragile like i need people to be gentle with me at all times i don't know how you guys because Deep down, they're just passionate fans that want to see their team win. And they are probably just going off their deep end because they know that nobody is going to see it. If they're tagging people, that's different. You know, if they're just like, but I don't think it means even on Twitter. So it's like, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's just part of the business. It's just, 
it's just what you have to deal with. I, it's not like everyone's just going to be roses and, oh my God, you'll get him next time. It's like, that was a really big play in the game. Altuve was hit a one-handed roller to straight to shortstop and it, it caused a spiral effect, a little bit of a spiral effect in that inning. So who knows what would happen if that play had been made? That's, yeah. that's what people are saying. Yeah. And uh, I'm, that's not a rip on Dansby. I love Dansby and I think he's been unbelievable. No, but that was a massive play in the game. I don't like when people are mean. I know. <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's very upset about it. I can promise you that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> no one's more fired up when things go well. Dude. No one's more, don't, no one takes it harder. The than... shot of him in the dugout when Stolaire went deep. I mean, dance people went absolutely <laughs> berserk. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Almost causing injuries. Yeah. I thought he was going to blow out a shoulder like Bellinger. Jeez. Um, okay, I feel like we need to like hit a little bit more on the Astros side side of things. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. What's I mean, just being able to watch these games in person. Mm. What's what has stood out to you the most about about this team? The Astros. Yeah. I have been really impressed with Correa and Altuve defensively. Maldonado behind the plate is mm-hmm. a general. Dusty is unbelievable. The combination of Dusty and the Astros is just seems to be like a perfect fit. He said yeah. something last night in the press conference. He was like, you know, these guys understand that it doesn't matter what other, other people think about you. It's, it's about what you think about yourself and what you think about this group. And, and we're a family. And, and, you know, it was like, that's, you know, that's the message that these guys have had to have inside that clubhouse for a long time. And I talk all the time about what the Braves have had to deal with this year but look at what the astros have had to deal with the last three years and yeah they're a resilient bunch they've been through as much as anybody or any major league team uh, and they've proven people wrong over and over again but um they're they're a good baseball team they're a good unit they're they're a, they're like a everybody knows their role everybody has a job staff has a job you can see it it's like a it's a well-oiled machine when they when they move around the place it's uh mm-hmm. it's a professional outfit and uh you know, I got to give a lot of respect to Dusty, man. Yeah. Maddie, what's like when you're, when you're watching this as an outsider, like Peter and I are like in the middle of this, right? I mean, Truist is 11 minutes from my apartment. Um, what is this like? What's this world series like as an outsider? What's the level of interest outside of Atlanta and Houston? I'm happy that there's games four and five were more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. More action, you mean? Nobody yeah. wants a boring World yeah. Series. No. Game four, uh, game four and five gave the best of both worlds, kind of. Four was like a very close. Could have gone either way. Pitcher duel. Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game five was a lot of offense. Mm. So uh, if you prefer pitching, game four was yours. If you prefer the offense explosion, game five is probably it. But my only like my only real feedback is that I wish the Astros would play closer baseball games. Now they're kind of forced to, which maybe is why we saw an offensive explosion. But overall, they don't play close baseball games. If they go down, they throw it away and hope the offense has a crazy inning to put them back into it. But they're going to stop with the pitching because they don't have yeah. it. Or if they blow a team out, if they get up early, 
then their offense is good enough to just keep it that way. Mm. I hope the average baseball fan doesn't get disinterested just because the games have not been nail biters every night. Yeah. That was my point. I hope that everybody sort of appreciates what this is. And it's like, it's MLB's worst nightmare. (laughs) Effectively what it is. So I think it's quite hilarious. Pete, I have a question for you. Shoot, girl. There's been a lot of, like, I, there has to be a moment that stands out to you the most from, like, I remember how crazy the stadium went when Acuna hit the home run in game three of the NLDS in 18 or wherever, whenever it was. What, has there been a moment, there's been so many big moments this series. Has there been one home run that stood out? In the World Series? Yeah. These last three games at home. I mean, actually, no, you can, you can expand it. There's been a couple, the, the Rosario, I was ground level for Rosario's home run against Bueller, the three run homer in the clinching game. Did that tie? Did that give him the lead? Did that? We got, we got the lead, I think on that one. Okay. Yeah. So, but just to be on in ground level, like it was, it was really loud as loud as yeah. I could remember a stadium. Um, Soler's home run. Uh, was pretty Dansby's was unbelievable and then Soler going back to back like yeah it's it was and so unexpected too you got your eight and nine guys up or you seven mm-hmm. eight guys up eight nine it was like the first eight nine to hit back to back in the world series ever or something there you go his post-game interview with Ken Rosenthal after game yeah. five was one of the most incredible interviews I've ever heard an athlete give like it was so every single question that Ken Rosenthal asked Dansby like answered it in the most genuine way I've ever heard I mean it was just I listened to that interview and I was like I could have sat and listened to a 15-minute interview of them going back and forth well here's what people are starting to realize is that when you actually dive deeper than just hey talk about what were you looking for in that at bat you know like like what emotion are you feeling right now there's other things that that surround and when people know more about the individuals and and can actually deep dive into them as a person yeah you get better shit and when people are able to be themselves and not feel like they have to put a show on all the time then you get quality content that doesn't seem fake because it is real yeah it's a great interview yeah, it was awesome. Um, anything else that we want to hit on in this World Series? Every, I feel like all three of us are, are assuming that when this episode is out, that the Braves will have been Crowned. World Series champions. Yes. I don't like to assume, but I am by golly gosh hoping. Yeah. Crown of honor to Charlie Martin. Holy smokes, you're a tough guy. Tough guy. Injury report? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Well, you and you said you got to talk to Mike Soroka for when, I did. when I brought up the injury report. I did. Yeah. Holy cow. You want to talk about a man that's on a mission. I got the pleasure of being able to be in the presence of Canada's favorite son, Mike Soroka. <laughs> and I said, man, what have you been doing? And he says, well, I'll be working out. And I said, yes, you have, son. He is <laughs> as hard, as physically fit as I've ever seen him. And I tell you, he's really motivated and cannot wait to get back. Love that guy. Oh, and you know, he was always going to be, it was always going to be the case. Has he been able to be in the dugout? Uh, I'm not sure if he's in the dugout during the games, but he was in the dugout before the game when I was in there. Okay. Um, he was in the bullpen, actually. I saw him in the bullpen. Um, 
yeah, so he's able to sit in the bullpen and, and watch the games from there. Good. That's good for him too. And Acuna was there. So it's been, yeah, it's been, it was good. I think I th- they're probably traveling. I think they're traveling, honestly, too. Oh, I feel like Acuna is going to travel for sure. You wouldn't want to miss that. No. Okay, so we want to quickly give you guys an update on the AFL, the Arizona Fall League. And that is brought to you by our guys, Roman, because they're trying to put you at your peak performance, just like the guys in the Arizona Fall League. They are, they're the peak of the prospects down there. So when your moment arrives, we want you to be Roman ready, you know, guys. So the thing about ED to to get real is it's way more common than we think. It's 52% of men between the ages of 40 and 70 are going to experience some form of ED. And we just want to end the stigma around it. So Roman, you meet with the U.S. healthcare, U.S. licensed healthcare professional. They're going to help you find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it's going to strip to you free with two-day shipping. It's super easy, straightforward, and discreet. Um, and if you go to getroman.com slash fame, you can do an online visit. And I believe that, oh yeah, you get $15 off your first month of treatment um, okay. with that code fame. We want to make sure that you're ready to have the confidence in caffeine season. And it's much more common than people think. So nothing to be ashamed about. Somebody else you know is dealing with it too. So might as well just take care of it. Your life will be a lot easier. Right, Pete? Absolutely. My life is. Yeah. So getroman.com slash fame. Now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction. And you'll get $15 off if you're prescribed for your first month of ED treatment. So make sure you're ready ready to have some confidence, ready to have control. Like we've said before, cuffing season, baby. Can I ask a question? Yes. What's cupping season? Cuffing. Oh, cuffing. What's cuffing season? Like, like you're, you're cuffing your boot. Like you're finding it's cuddle season. Like you want somebody want during people want to be single in the summer (laughs) and people want to be in a relationship in the fall and winter it's cuffing season Uh, i think it i think it signifies handcuffs i don't really know okay um okay so arizona fall league sam dykstra dykstra put out an article um that broke down all of the different leaders we want to run through that with you guys the one that stands out to me the most let me guess okay (laughs) Lars Nutbar. <laughs> Lars Nutbar <laughs> is tied for the lead with in home runs in the Arizona Fall League. He's tied with Jeter Downs, Red Sox prospect, Sioli Matias, Mateas from Mateus. Kansas City. We've never talked about him, and he's leading the AFL in home runs. Lars Nutbar. That guy also hit an absolute bomb. <laughs> Really? Really? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm looking it up. I forget the exact distance, and I want to get it right. While I was looking that up, Lars Newtbar is also leading the league in slugging. Nelson Velasquez for the Cubs has a 1.332 OPS. That leads. He also is tied for the lead in home runs with Lars Newtbar and Sully Mateus and Jeter Downs. <laughs> Mateus hit a 462 foot home run in the fall league. Wow. Love that. Oh my God. Kids with pop. Kids Reading with pop. all of these names, I was typing out the teams that go along with. There's none of the big Kansas City prospect names with no. Melendez, Prado, right? They're not there. And yet, 
there's like three or four different guys in the hitting and pitching leaders for Kansas City on this list. So like, wow. they're set. Yeah. Well done, Dayton Moore. Jeez, I didn't realize. So Jeter Downs is leading in home runs and in walks. He has 13 walks. Velasquez, who is leading in OPS and tied in home runs, is also leading in total bases and hits. Dude, yeah. he's going off. Nelson Velasquez. What? I want to know more about him. Where? What? Can, I, can I just throw a little something in while you're looking something up? Yeah. So I spoke to... Uh, a friend of mine who's at the Arizona Fall League right now. He's he's playing. He's one of my uh, pitchers from Melbourne, Ooh. and he is just a kid in a candy store as far as the whole baseball experience and what it is. It's it's really really cool what they what what they do for these guys and the level of baseball is is pretty impressive too. So uh, I think it's I think we need to make a road trip at some point. I would love that through our farm to fame careers and go out there and, and look at the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, I would love that. Nelson Velazquez um, was drafted in 2017, fifth rounder by the Cubs. And in 2021, he started the season in high and hit 261 with 12 home runs in 69 games. And then he was moved up to double A where he hit 290 with eight home runs in 34 games. Hmm. Never heard of them. Now we have. Now we have. So yeah, Nathan Eaton, Kansas City, what Maddie just alluded to is leading in average. He's hitting 439. Pete, you want to yes. go over pitching? Yeah, pitching is not going to be as in-depth as that because you just absolutely nailed it. And there's only really three or four names on the list. So uh, the ERA leader and the whip leader and the innings pitch leader is Owen White from Texas Jeez. with a 1.20 ERA, a 0.87 whip and 15 innings pitch. So that's not a lot. So, but I, st- I think, but uh, what are we halfway through that? Or they got about two weeks. They're left? probably about halfway through it. Okay. Yeah. The most games a guy has played is 13 and it's a 30 game season. Okay. Brett Beatty is, has played the most games and Nelson Velasquez. Cool. Cole Henry with the Nationals is leading in K's with 21. And we have two guys, Asa Lacey from Kansas City, another mm. Kansas City name, and Connor Seabold from Boston all have started, both have started four games. The weird thing with pitching is that to qualify for these stats, you have to pitch at least 0.8 innings per game. Of each game, yeah. So there's only huh. four guys that have even hit the qualification. Qualified. So that... These yeah. stats are a little skewed, but right. I'm glad to see Asa Lacey was, um, I think he went to Texas A&M. He was a 2020 first rounder. We talked about him in our earlier episodes. He's a big prospect and he has a 140. Oh, that's his whip. Not dang it. What's his ERA? 235. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Lifetime 305. No, 310. 310. Dang it. I don't even know my stats. <laughs> I do. I I'm was Mr. so hyped. Though. What? I was so hyped. When, no, you're not. When I, uh, you're Mr. You're Mr. Um, Three six, double eight, zero four, zero four. four. <laughs> um, good to see him. Uh, pitch him well. uh, okay. So that is the Arizona fall league. I, I do think it's interesting that it's just not the guys you would think about that are offensively Torkelson sitting four fifty. 
Is he back? Is he hit? He's done. He's done. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he's sprained his ankle. Dang it. It's just a sprain though, right? It was nothing. It was just like a roll. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, okay. Good. Nolan good. Gorman's hitting 375. Nolan problem. Nolan Gorman, 375. Nick Gonzalez, 348. JJ Blade, 341. Lars Newtbar, 341. And did I say Newtbar hit the hit for the cycle the other day? No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Lars. Yeah. Lars. Wow. That was my Norway accent somehow. Newt. Newtbar. Newtbar. That's my Viking mug. Interesting. Okay. And then lead on is going on too. Albert oh, Pujols. The video of Albert Pujols was <laughs> phenomenal. The lights and then the line. I kind of want to go to the road trip. <laughs> We're just going to spend the whole off season road tripping. How about that? And so okay. um, that has started. We're going to be covering that a lot as we go on. Um, Ronnie Mauricio, we've talked about a lot this season. He's the Mets' number three prospect. He hit a homer in his first AB. Maddie, this last name, Vinny Pasaquantino from Kansas City. Yeah. He's homered, and then Pujols hit that walk-off infield single that made the clubhouse go absolutely into, like, a choreographed, incredible celebration. Mm-hmm. The Dominican Winter League is good because there's constantly guys that are arriving. Like last mm-hmm. year, Tatis played in like the championship after not playing oh, the, wow. the whole season. So we'll be covering this and it's not just going to be Ronnie Mauricio the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. they don't take a lot of time off and it's the excitement level that they're, and that we're starting to see more and more in MLB, but for the longest time, that was the only place you could go and see this kind of baseball. Yeah. You know, we went, we guys weren't allowed to have fun. Yeah. So that'll be a really interesting league to follow. So we'll be, there's still 15, two weeks left of the Arizona fall league. And then um, we'll be covering the Dominican league too. Yeah, we will. Baby. So we're all taking Braves in six. You got Aussie lingo for us. I'm looking it up right now, sister. Let's hmm. see what I can find on the list today. Yes. Knickers. Pants. Second in Kelsey's pants, double down. We call women's underwear knickers. Ah, oh, we were close. Yeah. You were close. Shall we do a different one? Okay. Sure. I have a list of 7,000. Nutty. Crazy. I feel like that's like too obvious. N-U-D-D-Y. Oh, uh, <laughs> the spelling really changes things. Yeah. <laughs> that's the accent. That's Peanut butter. You. Okay. Oh, that's good. I will go with a, um, a baby's pacifier. <laughs> no, it means naked. Uh, if, you're in the, uh... if you're in the nutty, look at you running around in the nutty. What are you doing? That's what you do. You say to little kids as they're running around after a bath. Do you go nutty dipping? No, skinny dipping. Okay. Yeah, we still use the, yeah. I don't because it's, it's for obvious reasons, but Got it. Um, yeah. All right, folks. All right, folks. That will end it today. We hope you're enjoying the World Series. We hope that your team wins, whoever that may be. Thank you. Uh, just got um good here you want this we love y'all you got pine tar, so you can try this now you should be able to get a three thousand spin curveball <laughs> love that um farm on farm yes. often thanks for time. watching we'll see Thank you, you next wednesday
We still yes, going, baby. We still going. Next Wednesday. Have a good week, please. We love you. I may still be recovering next week, so. 